All right, everybody, I want to welcome you all. We have a tremendous opportunity today uh, to be with a great friend of mine and uh, somebody who's been instrumental in my development as a leader. And uh, in many ways, he's been a mentor to me. Um, and he's going to be on the call this coming Saturday. That's March the 13th. That'll be at 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern time. So I know that's going to take a little sacrifice for him. That's earlier in the day where he's at. Um, but, but we're looking, it's going to be a great call. You don't want to miss it. So he's, he's agreed to come on for just a couple of minutes uh, today. I know he's busy. You can see the chalkboard behind him, the whiteboard there. He is uh, busy working. So I don't want to take a lot of his time, but I do want you guys to hear from Galen Walters. So I'm just going to start um, Galen and ask you, just give us a little bit. I know you and your wife, Mickey and go away farm. If you could just talk to us a little bit about you know, your love for leadership and the various ways that you are impacting leaders. Wow. Uh, I'd be happy to, uh, Brother Jason. It's, it's good to be with you. I'm excited to be on the call next week. Uh, have no idea what I'm getting myself into, but uh, it should be a lot of fun. I'm up for it at 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I get a couple of hours head start on you there, so it'll be good. Uh, no, I've, I've uh, effective, let's see, February the 7th, so about three or four weeks ago, um, was my 40th anniversary as an entrepreneur. I spent the first 20 years of it uh, doing what my dad used to call running ditch to ditch. Uh, I chased problems. I reacted to problems. Uh, it wore me out. I grew a company from zero to uh, about 70 million um, in a very short period of time and uh, ended up with about a thousand employees. Uh, grew up to 36 million, went through chapter 11 in five years and came out of that and grew it back to 70 and sold it and then stayed for, for seven years and grew it to 136 and a thousand employees. Uh, so I've had my, my time in the, in, the, in the slammer, so to speak. Uh, and, and what I learned in the mid nineties, I started uh, 40 years ago, so it's been a long time ago, but in the mid nineties, I, I just, I just couldn't keep chasing the next book and, and the next uh, the next fad. And so out of that came a sincere soul searching for a way to identify what our primary focuses should be as an organization to survive and to thrive and to, and to become sustainable. And so I developed out of that a system called the four P's, people, process, partners, performance. And by the way, in 2008, we wrote a book called Equipped to Lead, me and Dan Sanders. He worked for me at the time I developed the, the four P's and then he went on to be the CEO at United Supermarkets and now is the COO at Sprouts uh, nationally in the U.S. Uh, but together we wrote the book called Equip to Lead and we, we did that from McGraw-Hill and uh, talked about the four P's. And the four P's are integral because they really make up every organization, whether it's not for profit, a church or a business people, process, partners, and performance, when you break, a, break any entity into those four quadrants, you're able to really create intense focus and then set goals against those four Ps. Those then become your guiding, uh, really your mantra every day that you get up. Are we accomplishing these? And, and there's a whole process behind that we can talk about on the other call. But yeah. uh, uh, I believe in goals and I believe in, in setting attainable goals and realistic goals. Uh, and when you do that against the four P's, you, you really you, you start planning and stop reacting. Uh, and there, there's a real big need for that today, especially in churches uh, and in business. I mean, there's a lot of people that just run to the next crisis all the time. 
And COVID was a great example of that. Those guys uh, that, that had to act together and had a plan in place when COVID hit, they just shifted gears. The people that didn't have a plan went into reaction mode and almost got buried. And some did get buried. So yeah. um, that that's the essence there. Then we have the, the farm that you mentioned, uh, Goldway Farm. It's in Belleville, Texas. Uh, in 2007, my wife walked out in the in the yard and said, we need to build a conference barn right over here and put a conference center in it. And I said, for what? And she said, I just feel like the Lord's telling us to build a conference center. You're going to need it. And later that year, uh, as we were completing the building, Michael Lindsay call, first call I got saying, hey, can you meet with the Texas district group? And I met with them. And that was history. It really was the, the, the foundation for getting out of the business side of it and working over in the nonprofit and the church side. And so since 2007, I've probably done, who knows, I have no idea how many uh, of these sessions I've done. But along the way, other tools have been developed. Uh, the organizational wellness assessment that I use on a regular basis now. And then the my, what I call the organizational excellence um, uh, framework, which is why, what, how, and wow. Uh, and uh, that, that tool has been widely used now as well. So uh, do a lot of that work. Just finished. I've worked with 22 pastors in the last, no, 16 and eight, so 30 pastors in the last four weeks. Uh, so spent multiple days with them and, and working with large organizations to try to bring some structure and bring some planning and bring some necessary uh, agile operations so we can adapt fast uh, with the drop of a hat now to, to all these changes we're dealing with. So uh, love doing that work. I enjoy the I enjoy leadership. Uh, I enjoy vision. Uh, however, vision's choking us. We we have more vision than we know what to do with. We just can't execute it. So my job is to help execute vision. Wow. So for me, uh, Galen, I know coming down to the farm. I guess it's been almost 15 years ago when I was a brand new started out as a pastor. Really, my first That's taste crazy. of yeah. My, my first taste of uh, leadership at the big. Oh, level. you were here. You were here in February of 2009. Yeah. Yes. That would have been right. Yes. You came. So, yeah. I, mean, I, that's, I literally that was, was. And, and that was my first I mean, pastor's lab. Yeah. Yeah. You were part it, of that. And it was, I mean, I just being there put an appetite in me for leadership to grow as a leader, first of all. And then, you know, you yep. kind of talk through the four P's. And I mean, honestly, I took that home and that was my template for how we wow. were going to put vision into place. And it helped me, what you just said, it helped me move from I'm vision honored. to, well, yeah, you've played a big role in my life. I think I've told you that at some degree, but you really have um, because you helped me do that move from vision to, uh, you know, doing it. Uh, yeah. So, execution. Yep. Yeah. Execution. So the, the, a lot of the people that are going to be on this call that we're going to be having on Saturday, they're going through Raising the Bar course, which most of them are, it's people that are um, pursuing personal development. So obviously, sure. as you, in the last 40 years of your being an entrepreneur, you've, you've grown yourself. What would Absolutely. you say have been, what, what have been the keys for you to, because there have been probably, I'm assuming there have been many times that you could have said, wow, I achieved something, I can quit now. But what are the goals that have helped you to continue to develop yourself? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And, and I actually, I would need to think about that. There's been so much. I, I think that the one of the understandings I got early on 
uh, about myself. I, I'm a designer. I'm an illustrator. I came out of art school, right? I have a degree in, in pencil illustration. So my, my background is an illustrator, not, not a business guy and not, not a teacher and, and all the things that I do today. I had to learn on the ground. I mean, I literally had to learn. And so I had to become a learner. What college does for people is really, it doesn't make them any smarter. It gives them disciplines and teaches them how to learn. Well, I had to do that in the trenches. So uh, I, I learned it the hard way and I got the bruises for it and some deep scars along the way. And we could talk about that at length. But one of the things that I, re that I really realized is that a leader without what I'll call spatial awareness. In other words, a, a leader's responsibility is to see everything all the time, to smell it, to sense it, to feel it, to watch it, to look at their eyes, to, to, to listen to their tone, to watch their body language, to, to, oh my goodness, wait a minute, there's, there's fingerprints around that, that plate on that switch there. I got to wipe that off. Uh, to, yeah. to make sure the trash cans aren't overflowing, to make sure the pews are in good shape or the, are the, the office facilities clean. I mean, you, it, it's, a, it's an awareness that's almost overwhelming at times, but the reality yeah. is if the leader doesn't have that sense of awareness, he's not really a good leader. I mean, so he's more of a manager if, if he doesn't have that sense of awareness. So I, that's, that's been my, the skill that I've honed over the years. And now, unfortunately, I see everything and smell everything and view everything. <laughs> I'm reading you. A curse. <laughs> it is a curse. No, yeah. absolutely. It's a curse. But me and my wife yeah. both have it. So it's even doubly yeah. cursed here. It's... So you know me before we even have a conversation. You already know things about me just from my well, I'm a disc facilitator and I've seen your disc. And, and uh, so yeah. I, I do believe strongly in understanding the personalities we're dealing with because we all have a tendency to fudge, uh, fudge a little bit on who we are. And, and uh, I hate to say that about humanity, but it's true. Whether you're reading yeah. someone's resume, we, we put our best foot forward on a resume. We never say uh, this was a great job, but I, I performed miserably. So they had to let me go. They asked me to leave, and, yeah. but we never say that. We say I was there and we raised sales by a million dollars or some nonsense. Right, uh, right. And, and reality is you probably had nothing to do with it, but, uh, right. but we all do that. And so understanding the human I'm working with goes a long way for me being able to really help them help themselves. Uh, because people have inadequacies naturally, you know, we, we're not all wired the same. We all are different. I have a personality that's a very high ID in, in the disc ratios. And, and uh, so I love the influence side of it, but I also like getting things done. Well, all personalities aren't that way. 84% right. of pastors, they say, are high S's, which are very wow. steadfast, very stable, very nurturing, very caring. They, they, they could meet with you every month and talk about the same things and never make a decision and feel like they've really accomplished something because they got to go to the meeting. So, you know, it, it, it has nothing to do with execution. It has everything to do with nurturing. So it's, it's a completely different animal. So if I'm dealing with a nurturer, I need to know that before I start putting demands on them to go execute because they're probably not going to execute. So then we have to do a workaround and find somebody on their team that can help get it done. And I think I'll say this. I think my early interaction with you was good for me because I am a high S. I think, you know, my wife and I, I know you've done both of our assessments, so she's the high D and I'm the high S, but I think coming to that, to the farm, 
back in, I guess it was said 2009. And your yes. influence in me, because I think without that influence, that you put something in my appetite for execution. I think without that, I would yeah. be satisfied with meetings. I would be satisfied yeah. with just meetings and, you know, knowing yeah. that we that we're thinking about doing something would have satisfied me. But, and that's why I want to teach the people that are going through this course to be exposed to you because I want that, I want that for them too. I want them not just to just to, you know, be satisfied with, Hey, I'm going through this course. That's not the end yeah. goal of this course. It's, it's execution. Yeah. It's reaching yeah. those goals, not just saying, well, I have a That's goal. right. That's exactly right. And, and making sure it's a worthy goal and it's on purpose, you know, uh, I think I think our why our purpose is critical, and vision is nothing more than being able to articulate or wrap a story around your purpose so people can follow you. Uh, it's it's as simple yeah. as that. We over we overextend the the definition of vision by leaps and bounds, but it's really nothing more than your purpose with a story wrapped around it. So I like that. Very good. So let me ask you again, just one more question for you. Um, if you were, what, what books? So I know there have been books, your book, obviously, when I, after I left, uh, I think Equipped to Lead had, was kind of a yep. hot off the press at that time. And really that became kind of my, you know, not my holy Bible, textbook. but that became my Bible, my playbook. Yeah, yeah it's a good textbook. textbook. Yep. Uh, and, and then there were uh, other, other books that you recommended that are a part of my library for leadership and my own personal yep. development as a leader. But what books would you say, if you could name four or five books that you would say, hey, this is going to help you develop wow. yourself and develop others? You know, Jason, I, I've probably read 300 books, uh, you know, on leadership. And I, I read everything that comes out if I can, just to make sure I'm not missing something. And, but what I've, what I've learned uh, is our minds kind of become addicts full of stuff that we can never use if we take in too much of that stuff. So I go back to Max Dupree's Leading Without Power as probably yeah. the most powerful leadership book I've ever read in my life uh, and makes mine look like a child's play compared to his. I mean, he just was so masterful about uh, creating a movement, about creating places of realized potential people. I mean, the little small principles he had there literally have shaped my life. And I read that book and I think oh nine. I think it was about the same time that you came here. That book came out, uh, Leading Without Power. Leadership Jazz has a chapter in it on uh, delegation. That's a gift to everyone that reads it, if you if you can uh, take it and apply it. Uh, so I think both of those books from him, Leadership as an Art is his primary, is the first one, I believe. It was a good book, but not near what Leading Without Power, and to, in my estimation, and Leadership Jazz were. Uh, then I think, you know, there, there's other books out there that I've read. I've got a I got a wall full of them over here, but I would say that probably a little book that's impacted me greatly here recently. I read it seven or eight, nine years ago, and I've reread it 10 times now. It's called Too Soon Old, Too Late Smart. Uh, too Soon Old, Too Late Smart. Too, too Soon Old, Too Late Smart. And it's by a doctor that lost his 17-year-old son and his 27-year-old son within the same year, his only two kids. Wow. He lost them both, and he's a psychiatrist, uh, Gordon Livingston. Uh, a phenomenal read because he's so practical, and so he's so done with all of the fanfare and all life's frills and, and all of the gains that we, that we try to attain. And, and he's really so practical about um, 
you know, he, he says something that, that reminds me of you, actually. Uh, you, you remember when at, at uh, one of the youth congresses you did uh, about the map yeah. in AYC? He, he has a chapter in that book that's called, If the Map Does Not Match the Ground, Change the Map. Uh, mm. You know, and, and that sounds a, a, like something really trite. But when you think about it, we're living by old maps and we keep wow. hanging on to those maps. Uh, to guide us through leadership, to guide us through life. And the ground's yeah. changed. Yeah. The old map doesn't do you any good now. It's just going to get you killed. So you have yeah. to change the map as the ground changes. And, that, and you know, little things like that in that book uh, that, that just, he talks about when people come to him and they have all these issues. And I deal with people every day. I mean, my, my job doing what I do now is working with leaders. And most of them are carrying a lot of baggage. And, and, and he says something in that book that really struck me. He said that, these people come and it's all about the past. It's all about history. It's all about what people have done to them. It's all about the mistakes they've made. It's about how they failed at leadership or, you know, whatever it was. And he says, my only question I can ask is what's next. Hmm. Yeah. And man, question. it just hit me like a ball peen <laughs> hammer to the forehead. You know, it's so what's next. Yeah. What do you, so, so all this has happened. How do I take this bag of goodies I've got now and go do something worthwhile with it? How do I impact yeah. people? How do I affect lives? How do I affect the kingdom? How, how do I change things for other people with this bag of goodies that I've been handed and that I've created yeah. for myself over the last 40 years? So, yeah. you know, it, it's not a leadership book at all. It's, it's not. It's, it's a tiny little book uh, that you can read in a day. But boy, is it impactful. Wow. Yeah, that, that's a powerful question. What's next? And, and I think that's What's the next? essence of. So module one in this this course that I've created is really all about that. It's about moving past things that tend to make us prisoners, whether that's our past yep. or failure, whatever it may be. Well, um, again, I'll just say this kind of before we close. Uh, Galen has been a huge influence in my life. Uh, he and his wife, Mickey, run the uh, I don't the, the farm is not necessarily open to the public, I wouldn't say. So the leadership uh, lab at Go Away Farm. All right. It's a, I don't know if I had to pick a place that I would want to spend a week of my life, it would be, it would be the farm uh, the atmosphere they create there. The food, just every detail about it is, uh, is amazing. Coffee. Um, yeah, the coffee. Yep. I, I went out and bought an espresso machine after, uh, after that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that was. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, Gayla, I want to thank you. I know you're very busy. I know you got a lot going on. Thank you for taking, you know, 15, 20 minutes hey, here to talk. I, I took to the me. call at the drop of a hat. You did. You did. Yeah. Because it's you. Well, thank you. And, uh, yeah, and, I'm, and I'm thrilled to, thrilled to help. Thank you. And those of you that are watching this interview, um, the call with the, the call is going to be 100% just Galen talking to you. I won't be involved. He's going to be talking to you. I've asked him to pick one area that he thinks is, is essential in developing yourself and developing others. And he's going to talk to you on that. And then you're going to have an opportunity to get on there and ask him a few questions. So Good. you want to be a part of that. All right. I've picked three. Gail, thank you so again. I'm, I don't know if I can stick right. to one. Go, go with three, <laughs> whatever you got. We'll take them all. All right. All right. Uh, Tell me, we said hello. We love you guys. I'll do that. Love you guys too. Thank all you. Right. Look forward to next week.